holy crap, I want to make a joke, like a Pokemon joke or a SpongeBob joke to start to sing off, but I don't even have time. We got so much to talk about. Hey, everybody, it's Racer Radio. I'm Ryan. That's Jordan. Uh, we've got a ton to talk about. A whole lot of stuff come out of the, the racing world this week. A lot of big, big news. Silly season got really se- silly really, really quick. So we're going to dive in. Um, we've got uh, we've got Pocono. We've got news about um, Hendrick Motorsports. We got news about Chip Ganassi Racing. We got Road America coming up. We got the F1 race that was happening. Uh, we've got Jordan with the dirt and SRX. Like it's it's a full slate today. So with it that being said, huh? it's not it's not just dirt. It's Pennsylvania Speed Week, baby. <laughs> yeah. So that means extra news. So for all of you who like uh, hearing from Jordan, you're gonna have a really good day. So first of all, Jordan, how you doing this week? Uh, you know, just another week. It's been ungodly hot up here. We finally got a little break in the weather with the rain, but um, having issues with the motorcycle, so working on trying to fix that. But other than that, it's just been come home and watch Speed Week. Um, keep up with that. It's been a, it's a very tight race. I'll say that. I'll get more into that into the dirt or when we get to the dirt section, but it's uh, it's been a very fun week. Unfortunately, Hagerstown did rain out tonight, so didn't get to watch any dirt tonight, so we're just watching Pirates of the Caribbean. That's always a good choice. All right. Let's uh, let's dive right into the fitness stuff. So as promised last week, uh, we're sticking with the topic of vacations. So this week, um, last week, we talked on uh, fitness while you're on vacation. Some tips on on how to keep your fitness if that's what you so wish to do. I'm going to echo that with the nutrition side of things. Now, again, if you remember my nutrition episode, I'm very cautious on how I say things because um, being a personal trainer as I am, not being a nutrition certified specialist, there's not much I can honestly like tell you to do. But I'm just going to give you some tips as to stuff that I personally have done in the past, not from a, you know, a fitness professional standpoint, but just from a person being on vacation standpoint. Um, so not so much about nutrition, but just tips to kind of, uh, keep yourself from being miserable. So, and why do I say that? Well, if you're like us, uh, Jordan can vouch for this, um, especially at the beach that we like to go to, we know all the places we, we know the places we love. And the problem is we have so many places that we love. It's hard to fit it all in. Even in a week, even in a week, we want to go and get like 20 wrappers every day (laughs) we want to get anthony's we want to get crab bag we want to get or crab alley we want to get um the lazy lizard we want to get bayside skillet like we need to fit it all in and then amongst that sometimes we want to try some new stuff and uh if you do that and especially and if you're eating just at your hotel or camper wherever you're staying it can get miserable really really quick really quick and uh just being that full all the time, it can really kind of take away from the experience that you're having. So I want to kind of throw out some suggestions on things that I've started to incorporate into my own plan. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll get right into that. First of all, this is something that gets asked about from uh, fitness people like me. You want to go on a vacation. What should I do for nutrition? How should I do my nutrition? Listen, it's, it's a lot like what I said with the, the fitness part of it. You're there 
to enjoy you wherever you're at. You're there to enjoy it. You're there to have a good time. The, this needs to come secondary. If, if you want to follow a nutrition kind of plan, then that's something you can do. But if it's going to diminish the experience that you're having, don't worry about it. You know, enjoy the food, enjoy the, your time there. <clears throat> but, um, so a, a lot of the reason I'm making this, cause I want to stress that first and foremost, do not take away from your experience. But the reason I'm doing this is because I've noticed that sometimes how full I can get, it can take away from the experience. <clears throat> so let me give you a couple of examples. First of all, um, now I'm going to do an episode coming up on fasting and it's my experience with fasting, not telling you how, you know, how to do it or anything like that, just my personal experience. Um, this is one thing that I've done. It's, I built it into my weekly regimen and I fast three days a week, uh, Monday, uh, Wednesday, and Friday. So I just basically cut out food. I cut out calories for 16 hours. And what that has done is helped me kind of just, it lets my gut kind of digest and lets me um, kind of eliminate those morning calories that you have. And morning calories are some of the heaviest ones. <sighs> so uh, that's something you can incorporate on your, uh, your vacation. That's will help you a lot and help you digest um, and get ready for the next meal. So that's one suggestion, just kind of, try to pick out slots in the day where like, Hey, I'm just not going to eat here. Um, drink water. Um, I drink crystal light, which technically you're not supposed to do that because it is a couple calories in there. But you know, I, I do kind of do this loosey goosey. Um, but that's the first suggestion. The second suggestion is, uh, and this is the, the critical one. This is the big one. Um, well, let's actually do that. Let's do this one first. First of all, pick out the places that you want to eat. Come in with a plan. And, and I'm not just saying this from a plan of, you know, to be able to manage your calories. Pick the places you're going to eat knowing, like, don't go to your favorite restaurant for, for dinner after you went to a buffet for lunch. That's not a smart thing to do. You're going to overload yourself at dinner. You're going to feel miserable because you stuffed yourself at lunch and dinner. So plan out your uh, rest, your eating experiences as best you can, you know, not, not to the point where it's, you know, set in stone. This is absolutely what we're doing, but just kind of have a loose plan in place to kind of get ahead of that game, be smarter about, you know, have a bigger place for lunch, have a smaller place for dinner, something like that. Uh, Jordan, you're kind of shaking your head. You got something to chime in here? Well, that's kind of what I've been, what I do with work. Like normally when I, uh, like when you get to work or it's hard to like plan your meals out with working. So like I have it timed out, like I eat at this time and then I don't eat till this time. And then usually dinner, it's kind of like free for all, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it, it kind of, works better when you start counting your calories or tracking your calories it kind of makes it easier to manage all that so that's just kind of like my feeling on it like it makes it if you eat minimal calories in the morning it frees you up for later which yeah. is kind of which you kind of think might be backwards because if you eat a lot in the morning and then less at night but yeah but having that plan 
it doesn't have to be counting the calories, but it can be because it, it gives you a good idea of, you know, what your needs are. So, and even if you're not good at, I'm not good at counting calories, but if you incorporate that into your plan, um, you, you might be close enough, not necessarily to be pinpoint accurate on what you're consuming, but at least kind of gives you an idea of if I'm right here, maybe I'm not overdoing it and not going to feel miserable. Yeah, it really kind of helps, honestly, if you like on Sundays, I know a lot of us hate doing it, but if you plan out your whole meal schedule for the week for what you're going to do for dinner, you already have at least a quarter of your, well, a third of your day set up. So you already know around about what you're going to have for dinner. So it makes it easier to plan the rest of your day. So have a plan. And then here's, here's another one that I've, I've tried. I failed at this miserably last year, but this is, this is pretty much the biggest one. Um, I think it's probably the most successful. Uh, if you're like me, like us, like my family, and you have a lot of places you like to eat at, I know it's tempting, but um, I'm going to give you an example here. Uh, so for us, my favorite place to get crab cakes is Crab Cake Factory. I got one there. I got it there last year. It was best ever. And I want to go back there. But with that in mind, knowing that we're going to go to so many places, know this, don't get the two, get one. Everywhere you go, you go to a sub shop, get the small. And if you get fries, get the small. You know, and usually you might be a person like me, like Jordan, who gets the large one because it's amazing and you want to scarf it down and you want to taste that but no this is kind of goes with having the plan um get the smaller size it's almost like think of you're doing a sample of everything you're doing a sampler size you're going to be eating all day long you're probably going to go get if you're like us you're going to go to dumpsters you're going to get ice cream you're going to get stuff on the boardwalk so just know kind of go with more of like a grazing mentality get the small portion and so not only is that going to help you consume less, experience more, um, but it's going to make you at the end of the, at the end of the, all of it, you're probably going to take a little bit less of a dent in the wallet too, because you didn't just have, you know, 16 entrees while you were there and throw 25% of the food away, because especially towards the end of the week, you're just getting so over full that you just cannot take any of those leftovers with you. You can take them with you. It doesn't mean you're going to eat them, though. Exactly, exactly. And so, and I'm telling you all this because I know this from experience. You go and you go get the two crab cake meal, and then, you know, you go and get the two pounds of crab legs, and you get all the big stuff in addition to the extras, like for us, the wrappers, the ice cream, um, the extra slice of pizza on the boardwalk, like all of those things. Uh, it, it just adds up so much. And then you kind of get to the point where it's like, Hey, you want to go fishing. You want to sit on the beach. You want to go into the water and swim or go to the pool. And you're just like, man, I just feel so over full that I'm miserable. And that's, that's going to deter, that's going to take away from your experience. And so really the end message here is two-sided. It's don't stress about it, but be smart about it in a means that you know you can have the best experience possible while you're there 
Um, yeah, stay away from those cluster meals that they always set you up with. Like you were saying, where you get the two pounds of crab yeah. legs and then you get, you know, the two crab cakes along with a bowl of soup. You can get a salad and you get a corn corn on the cob and, you know yeah. what I mean, everything that comes with it. Yeah. And along with that, along with, with the idea of going small, if uh, you're with several members of your family, for me, um, for I'll give, keep giving the examples, and I'm sorry if you don't know Ocean City, but this is just the best way I can draw examples. Um, when we go to Anthony's, we know we're going to get a cheeseburger sub. So me and my wife might get one, and maybe we don't get the small, maybe we get the, the large, but we share it, and a, you know, a medium fry. At the end of it, we end up having a smaller portion for each of us. So share with someone around you. You know, yeah, I you can't you have I can't do that with an Anthony sub. Too good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But remember, get a little bit of the good so you can get a little bit of the good somewhere else. Sampler idea. <laughs> so sub means two wrappers then. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so to to recap. Don't stress about your fit, your nutrition. Uh, one week is not going to kill you. It's not going to throw you off the rails. <clears throat> cut out calories, cut out meals at certain points, especially dead times, um, to limit those calories coming in, let your body digest. Having that fasting, if you're able to do that, the 16 hours or so, and letting your body digest that food and giving your gut a break can be big time, can help out a lot. Have a plan on when you eat, where you're going to go eat, when you're going to go eat. Be loose about it, but have a good idea of what you're trying to do ahead of time. Go small with your meals, share your food, and then live, experience the food the best you can. <laughs> so literally contradict yourself the whole time on vacation. Yes, exactly. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Literally contradict yourself the whole time, but you'll get through it at the end. Just enjoy your time on vacation and yeah. just make the smart little decisions. You'll, you'll benefit from it in the end. Exactly. Okay. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jordan with the dirt news and we've got a lot of it. Yeah, we got Pennsylvania speed week this week and I'm telling you, it's one of the best weeks of the years minus going to the beach. Um, so we'll start off with, what was not Pennsylvania Speed Week, and that was the World of Outlaws at Jackson Motorplex Park. Um, this is a big event that's been happening the past couple of years. Um, the Saturday show is 50 grand to win. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty hefty show for the World of Outlaws. Uh, one of the crown jewels, as they say. Um, so it started off on Thursday, and Kerry Madsen picked up the win in Tony Stewart's 14. Followed by Friday, Kerry Madsen picked up the win in Tony Stewart's 14. Um, the first night, I believe it was, he started 14th and was in second by lap four. So he was hauling the mail. Um, Logan Schuhart tried to hold him off, but he wasn't successful. And then Kerry Madsen, like I said, won the Friday after that. So then Saturday, they ended up getting rained out. So they postponed it till Sunday. Probably one of the quickest events I've ever seen because they started at five and they were done by 730. So on the big money day, a Pennsylvania local, Logan Schuhart, picked up the win. Um, 50 grand richer. He's back-to-back -back Jackson Motorplex, uh, Motorplex uh, champion for that, that race. 
Um, so that was really cool to see that. Um, it was utter domination. He, he led from green to checker. So it was really good to see Pennsylvania bring that home. So now we'll go to Pennsylvania Speed Week as the All-Stars are off for two weeks. Kind of ironic over Pennsylvania Speed Week. But so it started last week on Friday. And who would pick up the win? Lance DeWeese. Got another win at Williams Grove. Are we surprised? No, we're not. It was also uh, the Davy Brown Memorial. Well, I can't really say Memorial because he's still around. Um, he's actually the uh, motor guy for Lance DeWeese, a legendary mechanic. Um, so they, they made a race for him, and Lance DeWeese won the first ever race for him. So that was really cool to see. And then Saturday we go to Lincoln Speedway for night number two of Pennsylvania Speed Week. And good racing, but Brent Marks ended up dominating, picks up the win on night number two. Then we go to night number three. We're at BAPS, formerly known as Susquehanna Speedway. And you know what? Marks loved it so much Saturday, he figured he'd win Sunday too. So he picked up the win at BAPS Motor Speedway then. And just so everybody who's listening, the NASCAR guys, this is where you want to listen up. So Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell join Pennsylvania Speed Week on Monday and Christopher Bell ran two days. Kyle Larson ran today was supposed to be his last day, but with the rain, um, he's already heading to do road America stuff. Um, so Monday at Lincoln speedway, Justin Peck picked up the win, but it was crazy. Uh, Kyle Larson was coming through the field and Robbie Kendall ended up holding him off. Um, but Kyle Larson finished third and Christopher Bell picked up, fifth place so he ended up uh they have a thing with pennsylvania speed week that if you get fifth you get a uh, some paps blue ribbon some pbr um so he got that award for tuesday so then they went out to grandview speedway and do you want to take any guess at who won there larson kyle larson you got it <laughs> <laughs> he he picked up the win at grandview and uh, Christopher Bell finished seventh. Uh, he was running with Larson and ended up dropping off the pace at the end. And Larson just worked his magic like he did and passed Brent Marks, who was leading with about three to go. So you're saying um, he's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm going to – I'm gonna, I have something to go along with that after I read this one. So last night they were racing at Port. You could throw the top four under a blanket. Um, Danny Dietrich was up there. Lance DeWeese was up there. Um, you had Kyle Larson, of course he was up there. Um, and the other one was Lucas Wolf. You could throw the top four under a blanket for the last 10 laps. It was crazy. Slide jobs all over the place, passing all over the place. But at the end of the day, who would guess who would pick up the win? Be Kyle Larson wins back to back. So that's where we, we left off last night. Hagerstown was supposed to be tonight, but unfortunately, rain kept that from happening. So tomorrow we'll pick up again at the Grove. But I just wanted to uh, do a little bit on the points here. So we got a really close points battle. Um, Danny Dietrich is in the lead by 10 points. He passed Brent Marks last night. Uh, Marks had kind of an off night. And Danny Dietrich took it by 10 points over Marks. And then uh, Rico Abreu. Number three, he's uh, 
He's only a couple points behind Mark. So it's going to be a really interesting finish to the week. Um, we got Grove, the Port, uh, Port Royal again, and then Ceilings Grove on Sunday, which will be the, the, the finale of Pennsylvania Speed Week. But I wanted to, wanted to touch on this because I've been seeing a lot of posts about Kyle Larson's going to Pennsylvania and cherry pick it. So let me just fill everybody in on this. Kyle Larson is not coming to Pennsylvania and cherry pick it. Mind you, the Outlaws versus Pennsylvania Posse is the one of the biggest groups back and forth that race each other. The Pennsylvania Posse are known all over the United States because of the races that they give the world of Outlaws. The last thing you want to think is that Kyle Larson's coming here to cherry pick, because let me tell you, Kyle Larson is beating the world of Outlaws. He's beating the All-Star Circuit of Champions. He's beating the top guys in NASCAR. So before you say he's cherry picking in PA, in my opinion, he's cherry picking whenever he gets in a car because that boy fast. And just to let you know how fast he is, we have 10 Pennsylvania Speed Week shows. Kyle Larson has run four. Well, I guess, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So he ran three. He's 10th in Speed Week points in four races. I mean, he's good. He finished third at Lincoln, win-win. Well, no, yeah, he finished. Yeah, it was win-win, and then he didn't get a chance to run tonight. So he ran three races, not even four. So that boy good. <laughs> so that boy that's good. All, yeah, that, that, that's all I wanted to touch on Kyle Larson. It doesn't matter what car he's in. He's not cherry-picking PA because PA, we have great drivers up here. If you don't think we do, come up and try and beat them. That's all I'll say. Um, and then we'll touch on SRX because lo and behold, they were on dirt and they were at Eldora and I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was at Lincoln on Saturday night, but, um, Tony Stewart, he dominated, no one could touch him. Um, that's kind of what we figured this series was going to happen with Tony Stewart leading the way, but he ended up winning at Eldora. It, it was pretty cool for him, but I'm just wondering if this is going to be a sign for, Week in and week out to come. Tony Stewart winning SRX. What do you think? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because that's what I thought it was going to be uh, at the beginning. So, and then he didn't go out and win the first one. But he, I, I did get to watch that, and uh, he was kind of just toying with them. I will say that Cody, Cody Swanson, who was the local guy, yeah, uh, he, he put up a really good fight. Um, it did kind of look like there for a while he was going to pull that one off. But ultimately, just Tony was not going to lose at Eldora. It was not going to happen. Which would be awesome to see him run the Kings Royal, but because he hosts the track I, I, or the host the event, I, I don't see him ever doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got my first SRX experience last weekend. I really enjoyed it. Um, my My beef is that the quality of driver isn't great i don't feel like for the most part um tony is i mean when he goes on dirt he's phenomenal wherever he goes doesn't matter if he's what it doesn't matter what he's competing he could be in whatever saturday night showdown he could be with outlaws the uh, all-stars he could be just running a posse he it doesn't matter he's gonna be good um but some of them guys in the back, the Michael Waltrips, Bill Elliott's, Billy T. Ribs, 
know, you know. But dude, these guys don't mind banging, beating up. Um, Paul Tracy is a weapon, but it's it's fun. To, I mean, dude, he hit everything but the pace car. He was straight up days of thundering it. It was awesome. Um, Michael Waltrip was Michael Waltrip and uh, Bobby Labonte were very mad at him. It was it was hilarious with Michael. He's like the yellow guy. He hit me, and I got to watch out for him every race. And the orange guy, he's always in the way. I got to get him back. It was it was a it was a good show. <clears throat> and I'm gonna pump this up. Um, Alan Messwick needs to be brought back some way, shape, or form. He's too good. Um, Matt Yoakum that needs to be brought back. He's too good. And that, they're awesome yeah they're awesome i mean the, the show was great uh i enjoyed it um a lot of beat and bang a lot of action uh i'm interested to see uh what happens this weekend it's really cool that it's it's short i mean they're already halfway yeah um trying to remember lucas oil raceway so they're in indiana this saturday that's like a lor Slinger, which I heard is a very good track. I've never seen the race there, but I know it's high bank, very fast, very uh, entertaining track is what I hear. So those two, and then we finish at Nashville Fairgrounds, which everyone I think is going to be paying attention to because of the potential for the future of that track. We got Bailey's going crazy. Um, pretty sure a transformer just blew up over here. Oh, the power go out? Well, no, not in the house, but it uh, there was a loud boom, um, <laughs> not too far away. So. Oh, I saw your eyes get real big. Yeah, it's York City. You never know; it could be gunfire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you got any more dirt news? Uh, no, just the uh, next event for the trucks, which is not this weekend. It'll be the weekend after that. They're at Knoxville. So that'll be interesting to see, but I, I feel like it's not going to be as exciting as it was at, at Eldora, but we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Let's go on to Pocono, because um, I have I have strong feelings. Uh, I thought that this doubleheader was a very big-time success. Um, the infield was sold out. Campers packed in. There was a ton of people there. Uh, the racing ended up being pretty good. I, I want to hear your take on this, but I feel like the racing was good. Uh, I know that Kyle Larson looked like he was just going to run away with it on Saturday. It, it looked like it was all his, and it really was. But he had to fight for it. He really he, he had to fight for it. Bowman gave him a really, really good fight. And I don't know, that was like, like storybook, blowing up the tire, going into I, – I was watching it. And it was like, I saw the smoke, I saw the smoke. I was like, what happened? And there he went up off into the corner and into the wall and uh, falls all the way back tonight. So really interesting finish. I thought the racing was great. You could pass, you could work guys, um, you could draft. I mean, it kind of wasn't really like old school Pocono where it was just like fast guy runs away from guy who's not quite as fast. So I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was good racing. Um, I'm still iffy on the. I mean, I, I felt like the guy in front had no advantage on the straightaways whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the guy behind you was always going to catch you with the draft. But, I mean, Kyle Larson, who's he battling? He's battling Bowman on Saturday, Hendrick and Hendrick. Now, when Larson blew the tire, and I unfortunately, like I said, Saturday I was at Lincoln Speedway, so I did not get a chance to see this live, but watching the highlights, as soon as he hit the wall or the tire blew and he went up and hit the wall, it kind of to me was like, uh-oh, is this the end of Larson's run? Like, you know how just a string of bad luck can hit you. And then I was like, this could be a sign of his bad luck has started. The the good luck, the good momentum he had going was gone. But he ended up salvaging a ninth place finish out of it just because of how far he was up. So I was like, hey, he's still got a top 10. That kind of keeps your momentum sort of going. But when you were coming to the checkered flag for the win and you were going for five in a row, you know, I, I just was like, oh, this could be a bad sign. And then Tuesday or month, Sunday, he comes out and get it out, son. Huh? I said, get it out, son. <laughs> yeah. Sunday, he comes out and whips off a second place finish. So momentum well, they, they rate. They really weren't that good. They weren't as good as what they've been. So, no, but, but Pocono is a different track. It's not your typical oval. It's not, you know, and. And Kyle said going in that he was not going to be, uh, he's not had a lot of success at Pocono. Um, so he was not real confident about it. And the but, fact that he ran good should still make people worry. I mean, yeah, the fact not- that he's still fast at Pocono, granted, he wasn't as dominant as he's been, but he was still two top 10 finishes, one's a top five, and the other one would have been a win had he not blown a tire. Sunday, for me, what happened with Kyle Larson on Sunday is the thing that championships are made out of. Like, yeah. Saturday, you know, Saturday, he, like, he had that in race in the back. He almost could have lifted and never powered up off the corner. Like, he, he was, in the short time he had passed Bowman, he had run away from him, clean run away. So, uh, you know, he was definitely going to win that race, but Sunday is a thing that championships are made out of. Yeah. He had to manage his fuel, and that's something you don't normally see Kyle Larson do very well. But, I mean, he does it very well in a sprint car with managing his tires and using them at the end. Um, but to, to sit back and when Kyle Bush passed him, to sit back and not, you know, turn it on right away and just manage the fuel level to try and make it to the end and really salvage it, saving the fuel as long as he did. I mean, that, that was a championship move in my eyes. I agree. So, um, again, I have strong feelings about this. Uh, I think the doubleheader works at Pocono. Uh, it really wasn't like I thought it was going to be where the same characters are up front both days. I mean, you know, Kyle was up there both days. Uh, Kyle Larson was, sorry, Bush was up there both days. Bowman was kind of up there both days. Uh, Larson was kind of up there both days. But it wasn't really, didn't really look like the same race from day to day. Yeah. So, that was good everyone made adjustments to to adjust and it was just a little bit different cast of characters Um, and and to touch on larson just a little bit again i mean let's think about this on sunday if a late caution comes out larson's in position because we know kyle bush being stuck in fourth gear that falls right in larson's lap so to have a chance to win both races at pocono where he hasn't been very good you know, that just that just shows everybody. But I, I do agree with you on the doubleheader. I think it was 
it's great. I love it. I love everything about it. It really, you know, the fans there really enjoy it. And I think it's an awesome weekend. Um, the only thing I had, which I texted you about this, I have a bone to pick is Arca runs more laps than trucks. And it just, I don't know why, but it just, it irked me because the trucks always put on a good race. And I felt like they just don't get enough laps to run. And I get there might be funding behind it or, or, you know, they run the same day as cup, but even the Xfinity cars, they ran 80 laps. So it just, it kind of had, it, it had me a little frustrated that the trucks didn't get more time other than 60 laps. So I'm conflicted about this one because um, I agree. The, the ARCA race used to be, it used to be when ARCA and cup ran the tandem to in tandem on the weekend uh, before Xfinity, before trucks, uh, the Arca series would run 80 laps. Cup was at the time 200 to start. And then they dropped that to 160. Um, but when they started running the Arca race and the truck race on the same day, they cut them both down to 60 laps to do double headers. And they never changed it, even for a while when Arca was running Friday and trucks or Saturday. They still left them both at the 60 laps. And to me, I was like, I, I agree with you. At the same time with that, I watched that truck race. And 60 laps on the, on the truck race there goes forever. And being in part of those races, I still feel like, you know, you're, you're there and I'm like, ah, it's going to be one stop. It's going to be nothing, whatever. And it still feels like a normal truck race. I don't know why. So I think they could, they could potentially increase it to 80, but it, it's kind of a sprint race, but it's kind of not. So I just feel with the amount of cautions that you tend to get in the truck series that they don't have enough green flag laps. I mean, they, they even said it from the year before that they spent almost half, if not more of the race under caution. And to me, that, that just is not, an, I know, I know it's because they run laps under caution, they count, but I just feel like you don't get enough action, action with just 60 laps. Yeah. Well, if we run 80, do we still run equivalents in the amount of caution laps? That's the thing you got to think about. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think that the double header works here. Um, especially because Dale Jr. pointed this out on his podcast that it's a destination site. People go to the Poconos for vacation all the time. And so it kind of works there. Um, this ain't going to work in Michigan. I, I don't think so. So NASCAR, my message is don't beat this with a dead horse. Leave it with Pocono. And, you know, maybe if, if this sticks for a few years, maybe you can think about adding it somewhere else. But uh, I think we're good right here with Pocono. Yeah, I agree. It should just stay with Pocono. So, um, other than that, I, I think Pocono is pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, still one of my favorite tracks to go to. I think it's beautiful there. Um, and it didn't rain. And it didn't rain. We got all the races in. Oh, you know what? So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to here. Uh, it's a couple of things. Uh, big news out of NASCAR this uh, week. Jeff Gordon's leaving the Fox booth to become basically. Rick Hendrick understudy. Uh, he, he'll be the next one to take over for Rick. We all kind of knew this was coming, but I don't think we all knew at the beginning of the year that it would come now. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I think George, Jeff brings a lot of things to the booth, but I think Clint has done a better job this year. I've been kind of critical of Jeff in the booth uh, just because, especially because of the way that Daryl Waltrip was run off, and not by him, but by a lot of fans criticizing the way he talked over Jeff. Uh, I thought Clint and his personality is just more vibrant. And, you know, I think that having one driver personality 
in there is is probably enough. Um, you know, it, it's I know that it, in the NBC booth you have Jeff Burton and Dale Jr. But I don't know. I, I almost feel like they give two different perspectives. And they, every time, yeah. So it, it's it almost sounds like Jeff Burton is such like you know they call him the sheriff or whatever. He kind of comes with a different perspective, and Junior's like the driver. So I'm I'm. I'm interested to see if Fox replaces Jeff, where it'll just be Clint and Mike. Uh, but I think that this is a move that was expected eventually, uh, just come sooner than we really thought. Uh, the question is now, who do you replace him with? Maybe, maybe Chad Canals leaves Hendrick and goes to the booth. You know? I don't see, I don't see him leaving Hendrick. Not in the position he's in. <laughs> cushy, cushy job. I, I feel like you have to do, you know, like a, a crew chief type person. Yeah. But I feel like you have to do someone that is going to have like an energy that can go along with Clint. Because I feel like Mike Joy is, he's laid back, but I feel like he's like, you know, a really serious guy. He might not be, but like, he's like the serious part of the booth. Yeah. And then you got Clint Blair, who's the like super funny, energetic <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like you got to have a guy in the center that just meshes well with both. <laughs> so, and then uh, more news, Trackhouse uh, is going to buy Chip Ganassi. So really, it's like two of the, the big players we've talked about in the past have fallen. Uh, Chip Ganassi has gotten bought out by Trackhouse. That will take place for the next year. Um, I think this is good. Ganassi's been always kind of there. They've never... They, they've shown flashes of being top tier, but I don't really feel like they've ever been there. I, feel I felt like he's been on his way out for a couple of years. He just hasn't known how to do it. I feel like their top tier program broke when uh, Sterling Marlin broke his neck. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that year they led the points all year long until right like two races before that all went down. Um. So I don't think that that's – this is – I think it came unexpected, the same kind of thing, but I feel like Anassi's been kind of holding on by a thread for several years. Their, their other programs, their IMSA program, their IndyCar program is amazing. So NASCAR has never quite been on that level. So, uh, But I think Trackhouse is doing things right. I think that they're going to be – them and Colling are going to show a lot of promise in the future. Yeah, I, I have to say I was kind of surprised that – they were buying out Ganassi, but then after I heard about it, I'm like, well, that's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. I just, my one prediction that I was having for silly season was Ryan Newman was going in the one with Kurt Busch leaving, and now that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, and then one more thing on the Pocono thing, just to, just to finish that off. Um, did you see the Ty Gibbs – Ty Gibbs did Ty Gibbs things in the Arca race. Oh, well, first, I got to hand it to, I can't remember his name right now, but that was a hell of a save. Chandler Smith. Yes. That was a hell of a save. And if it wasn't for dad telling me about it, I probably wouldn't even rewatch the Arca race. But he told me about it and I had to rewatch it. And wow. Let me just paint a picture for y'all. I, I've been critical of Ty Gibbs here because he's got a lot of talent, but he braces like, like his age. He, on the green flag at Pocono, you know Pocono is like 17,000 lanes wide. 
And he, Chandler Smith got a little bit of a jump on him, got to his quarter panel, and uh, Ty runs Chandler Smith all the way from, you know, lane two off the wall, all the way down to the pit wall. And the, the only reason, you know, Chandler just stopped turning before they got to the, to the wall. And he, you know, Ty just kind of turned into him because Chandler stopped and they made contact and there was no way that those two should have driven away from that. Uh, But Corey Heim ended up taking the lead off that and Ty couldn't get back by. But then after the race, Ty was like, well, I just threw the block and he ran into me. Like, yeah, dude, because you blocked him all the way down until he couldn't turn down no more. Yeah. And, and, you know, after I seen that watching the Xfinity race on Sunday and watching him in the field, the way he, like his aggressive entry. I mean, a lot of people like seeing this and I'm not going to lie. I like the way he races aggressively. He's a young kid. He, you know, he kind of reminds me of the Noah Gregson because Gregson races aggressive, but I think what he hasn't had yet is he hasn't had that retaliation or someone just dump him for, you know, getting, you know, too close or upset with him. And I feel like it's coming. I, I feel like, yeah, you know, one of these races he's gonna he's gonna be out early because someone's just gonna dump him and be like, you know what, we're not gonna worry about the fifty four today. Yeah, yeah. So uh, moving on, uh, we're gonna touch on Formula One real quick. Um, we're gonna try to end this a little bit shorter than normal today. Uh, just you know, a lot of gotta take care of bath time and kids and stuff like that. So, um, in F one, Austria, Red Bull Ring. Um, Red Bull threw down again. Uh, Max was untouchable. It kind of looked like, you know, Mercedes could hang with him and then Max just drove away. Uh, I feel like Mercedes is getting a little bit desperate. They did kind of come out a little bit on top, I feel like, just because uh, they finished uh, 2-3, even though Perez looked like he, he really looked like he was going to run down Botas and pass him. Um, it's the momentum shifted big time. Cause it was like, it looked for a little bit like Red Bull was going to run away there with a first third and a fastest lap. Um, then Hamilton pit and the script got flipped. They finished Mercedes was two, three with the fastest lap. So that helped them quite a bit, but, uh, they go back to Austria this weekend and unless they do something, uh, it, it's going to, I think it's going to look a lot the same. Um, and I don't know if, if, if they don't change anything, it looks like to me, Perez is going to go third. It'll be first third for Red Bull. Well, you know, I agree with you on that, but I'm interested to see something and you've been giving them a lot of crap, but Leclerc ran a heck of a race from being, he had wing damage early, had to come in, dropped all the way to the back. And then I believe he got fifth. I think he got a top five. And it was just impressive to see him come through the field. So he has speed. Now, don't know if it's Red Bull or, you know, Mercedes speed. But I was thinking, you know, when they started the race, I thought McLaren was going to get a huge jump on Ferrari. And next thing you know, Ferrari's both in front of McLaren's. And you're like, what is going on here? You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I wanted to. I wanted to text you, but I was like, you know what? I'll save it for the podcast and say, you know, you got to give Leclerc his due because he ran a heck of a race. The Ferraris really flipped the script. They had not looked good, and they they outran the McLarens. Um, excuse me. Uh, the Ashton Martins didn't look good. 
So, but I, I mean, I will say this, they, they came from the back. They ended up with a good result. They, you know, they, they pulled through, but they, this is the thing. They still, they keep having this bad luck and they yeah. had, had to come out of it again. And they, they were able to do it this time. They, but both cars finished well. Um, the Alphataris had bad luck. Gasly was, uh, had fast qualifying. He was sixth. And then just, it all went undone on lap one. Um, I think it'll look, it might look a lot different this week. Uh, I think Gasly will, will rebound and we'll just have to see if the Ferrari is able to, to keep the momentum because they yeah. kind of, they kind of been on their heels and they just threw a haymaker and got the other teams back pushed out. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, they finished three in a row this weekend back at the Red Bull ring. I want to see, uh, how, um, what's his name? Uh, Russell, George Russell. I mm-hmm. want to see how he does because he was running in eighth and his car broke. That dude can't buy a point. Yeah. I, I was thinking he might finally get his first point and then I was like, <laughs> I guess not. Not quite. Okay. But, um, real quick before we go off that, your Haas drivers, man, did, did, they, did they forget their teammates? Oh, yeah. They're, they, yeah. <laughs> race each other so hard and it just blows my mind <laughs> i mean it's it, i guess it's entertaining when two rc cars are running for position compared to you know 18 other formula one cars it's it, it sucks i'd love to see them run better but uh you know it's this is how it goes sometimes yeah so uh <sighs> you know they're the only two guys that they can race they can only race each other they can't keep up with anyone else so yeah, but they they made they made one of them pit because they were worried about tearing up equipment. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's not a good look. All right, let's move on to this weekend. We got Road America, which I'm super excited for. Road America was always one of my favorite races to go to. Uh, it's who spins on the last corner? Huh? Who's gonna spin on the last corner? I don't know. It's like every race they have there, there's always a spin in the last corner, whether it's in the last Someone's going to get dumped. Someone's going to get dumped. <laughs> hey, that's that's kind of how we won in 2017. One of my favorite wins is with Jeremy Clements. It's the only Xfinity win I've ever got uh, with Jeremy Clements at Road America. One of the most, the biggest underdog upsets in the history of the sport. Um, I cherish that win. It was, that was like, so cool to be on that. I was carrying tires that day. I wasn't even changing tires. And while, while we're on that, so let me give you this story from my point of view, because this was awesome. So the day of this race, you know, how I used to always watch whatever race you were in just because, you know, it might get the chance to see you on TV and it's pretty cool. So, you know, I'm sitting in the house and my ex at the time, she comes walking in. She goes, um, so does your brother have a chance at winning in this one? And I was like, no, no, not at all. I was like, but, you know, I'm just trying to see if I could see him on TV, you know, a couple times, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Jeremy Clements pulls, pulls out the win. And my mind was blown. Like, I was just, I was going probably just as crazy as you guys were because I did not expect it at all. And We didn't either. Here it happened. So I was like, well, this is awesome. But I was like, that's why I watch these races because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Now, Road America, I'll tell you just some of my experience with Road America. It's, it's 
cool. It's a really, really beautiful country out there. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, got to do a lot of experiences out there. Got to go past Lambeau Field uh, flying in there a couple times. So that's really cool. Um, cheese curds are really big up there, which are weird and oddly satisfying. And uh, the, the fans up there are just incredible. When, that, that race that we won, we jumped in the, uh, the driver lap where they go around the track in the, in the truck, waving to the fans. And I'm gonna tell you that that track is four miles of fans on both sides of the track just pulled up to the fence. It is incredible. I think I heard a report there's over 100,000 fans expected to be there, and I believe it. It's going to be a big weekend. Uh, I think it's long overdue that we've picked to, to finally go back up to Road America. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good race. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. So uh, that's going to wrap it up this week. Um, time to get back to dad mode. So, uh, Jordan, you got anything to add? Uh, no, I'm just excited to see how speed week's going to end. Uh, really pulling for Brent Marks. Um, I mean, if push comes to shove, I'll take Dietrich. I mean, I'd love to see Rico win, but us PA fans, when you have an invader come in and wait, win your speed week, you tend to get a little salty about it. So hoping for a PA guy, but you know, it'll be okay if Rico wins. Awesome. Um, who's your pick for Root America? Oh man. Um, is AJ Allmendinger running or did Dang I you yes yeah yeah I think I'm gonna go with the dinger I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here I'm just gonna try I'm just gonna try to beat you I'm not calling for a win here but I'm gonna go with Suarez just just because we'll see what happens with that okay okay so all right so uh for everyone racer fitness uh big news coming out we got a lot of things in development so stay tuned for that um, and we will see you after next week to break down what we hope is going to be an entertaining race at Road America. Jordan, we'll see you next week. We out. All right, bye.